who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today, from divorce to call-out culture to masculinity to girls' confidence. Season two of Thread the Needle finds the meeting place between feminist ideals and the realities of women's lives. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey there, Super Nintendos. It is episode 605 of Nintendo Voice Chat. I am Seth Macy. Today, I am joined by Pear Schneider. Hello. Industry legend Cat Bailey back again. Hey, the, the fam's all reunited. I'm super excited. <laughs> we did it. We did it, everybody. <laughs> and of course, Brian Altano, because we're going to be talking about some Zelda. Hey, Brian. Hey, what's up? I mean, it's not oh, great no. Zelda news, but it's Zelda news. <laughs> it's Zelda news nonetheless. And it's great because it gives us a chance to wildly speculate about all sorts of different things based on the two seconds of uh, footage that we got to see. So let's jump right into it. Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Not coming out this year. It's coming out next year. Aonuma showed up. Clean haircut. New glasses, frames. Looking absolutely professional. Apologized to us for the delay. But, like, I don't know. Personally, you don't need, there's nothing to apologize for. And then we got two seconds of footage. And uh, the internet, being awesome at things like this, has already deconstructed it. And we've already found out. Or we've already, like, started speculating about craziness. That's going to be happening for example there's a master sword but it's all corroded and weird and it looks like maybe something bad happened or maybe something good is happening to it mm. we don't know and we won't know until next year and then uh what i didn't notice until cat posted it in the nintendo voice chat slack channel was he's got ganon's hand or he's just growing his nails out for some reason <laughs> so the manicure from hell yeah it is it's a pretty <laughs> nasty one but uh Let's see, Brian. You and I have already discussed this, but I, I want to read. I want to ask you again. Sure. How are you feeling about this news? Uh, I mean, it's it's sad. I uh, I wanted to play this game this year. I think all, uh, everybody wanted to play this game this year. Um, but also take your sweet time. Do what you got to do. Make your great game. I think it's going to be awesome. I have a lot of like questions about what we saw, which you know very little. But that's what we do as Nintendo fans. We we pick apart the minutia in the 
four seconds of information or details that we got or and pretty much everything is like that you know so you're saying there's a chance line from dumb and dumber uh, <laughs> so this this is this is like it's bittersweet like i know this game is going to be awesome one thing that uh seth and i talked about we made a video the other day kind of breaking down this news but you know we'll reiterate here this i believe will be the longest distance between 3d zelda games or the longest that a 3d zelda game has been in development outside wow. of you know, Ocarina of Time, which was forever leading up until the day it released. Uh, and so that's kind of, that's interesting to me. That's uh, it, like, there was long gone are the days where we got, you know, Ocarina and a few years later, Majora's Mask. To me, it felt like there was a phenomenal groundwork down for Breath of the Wild. Uh, they, they had to basically break the franchise and reinvent it after Skyward Sword to get it where they wanted it. So I figured we'd get this game a little sooner, but I imagine it's just incredibly ambitious. And there's a million moving parts, and they're making this awesome physics playground for people to break apart and enjoy for years or decades to come. So um, I'm excited to see what they're doing because it's obviously it's obviously going to be big. Yeah, Kat, I'd like to hear your thoughts. I wonder how much the scope of this game has grown because when it was initially announced, it seemed like it was going to be a Majora's Mask kind of rework of the existing yeah. stuff. But now they're talking about like it's going to be in the sky and in the ground and we're going to have ganon's hand and we've got all this other <laughs> stuff i'm wondering if it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then of course covid really messed up everything with the legend of zelda so there was that as well uh, speaking personally in terms of the delay I'm secretly kind of relieved because mm -hmm. I am looking forward to playing Starfield and God of War Ragnarok in the fall. Sorry, Ninfrendos. I, I I play all of the games. How and dare you? Having Breath of the Wild 2 all to myself in the spring is a little like having Elden Ring right now. I just want to be able to sit down to the sumptuous feast without having anything oh. else to distract me. So you have to wait a little bit longer, but I, I can hold out. Spring, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Pear, your thoughts? Well, first of all, Kat, wait for God of War to get pushed to the exact same release date in March. Um, that that was uh, my initial reaction was like, oh, no, I really wanted to play it um, this fall. And then I looked at the release calendar. I'm like, it's fine. But we, we all know March is going to, things are going to pile up in the spring as well. And um, no, look, the earlier this year, everyone you could talk to at Nintendo, I think, would have been very confident that the game would make um, make a November release, and that was the plan. And I, I, I don't, I don't know why I always fall for this because, like, let's go back in history. Ocarina of Time announced for 1997, shipped 98. Wind Waker 02 came out 03. Twilight Princess 05 came out 06. Breath of the Wild. 2015 came out 2017 right like it it's happened again and again and these these Zelda games are just really really big and complex they're not like Mario Kart or or games where I think they can scope it down and say you know what maybe we'll ship a, a few fewer tracks or or GPs and release them as DLC like Nintendo is very ambitious when it comes to Zelda games, wants to tell a coherent story, but then also, I think, just starts tinkering with things and adding elements, and soon these projects get bigger and bigger. What is notable with this one, though, is I always thought Breath of the Wild 2 would be a little bit more like Majora's Mask, where mm -hmm. you take engine and world and character designs and all of that stuff from the first game and then kind of add more stuff to it, but this being in development this long suggests that Either COVID really derailed them 
and working from home was difficult or it's really ambitious and they just added a ton of stuff. And I think the trailer hints at that verticality, which in, you know, in the original Breath of the Wild was confined to certain times where you jump off a cliff or you follow the dragons, which was an incredible moment in that game, right? When you're, when you're like surfing the winds and it's possible that there's a more evolved wind system and, you know, more air traversal and just more stuff to do in the sky. Um, so stay tuned, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, when, when I was scrubbing through the footage a hundred times for that two seconds, mm-hmm. one of the things that you notice is it looks like on his tunic, he's got like a dragon silhouette or a stencil rather. So there might be something there. It's also interesting that you pointed out how like basically every Zelda is delayed. Somebody in our uh, Facebook group actually did like a, a graphic of every <laughs> Zelda game that was delayed and I think everything but the original and like Link to the Past had some <laughs> manner of delay. So a, a Zelda delay. Oh, there's there's that hand if you're watching on the video. He's got that hand in there on his shoulder. It looks kind of like a dragon to me. I don't know. Lot to unpack here. Yeah. But this is the part now where we can speculate wildly. So I would love to hear some speculation. Uh Cat, do you have any any uh crazy theories that you think might be might be behind this delay? I just love that Nintendo heard everybody complaining about weapons breaking, so they decided to break the Master Sword. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) The one that wouldn't break. They're like, yeah, we broke it. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, it is intriguing. Like, there's certainly another, you know, time has passed element to the game and and something something terrible has happened. But yeah, the the nasty hand really intrigues me. I want to know what's going on there. whether Link is just combining the the dark, it's not dark half, it's a dark third, right, of the Triforce powers in some fashion or what's going on. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of speculation that, you know, the March release would coincide with new hardware launch. Yeah, I um, mean... I don't buy it. You don't buy it? Why not? No. I, no? I don't, I don't think we would be seeing footage that looks exactly the same if, if that were the case. I think they wouldn't be able to resist showing a hint. Um, but Some particle effects on that uh, that that shining light that's coming off of his, uh, his, his Ganon hand. You don't really see just, those kind of particle effects. They have... They, I, it feels like yesterday that the OLED kind of came out. You know, it's obviously been out a few months, but everything's just selling out. You know, yeah, it's true. Like it's I'll not. Counter, I'll make a counterpoint pair. I yeah. think that if it were in 4K, it wouldn't be that obvious, and I think that's the main update mm. for the Switch Pro, and that'll run faster. It'll have a beefier processor, so the graphical enhancements won't necessarily be as evident. I think in a, a basic video like that, I think that what we would see is um, the game would run faster. It would run better. Yeah, right? it's so. Yeah, it's totally it is it is plausible. It is possible. They definitely it's been a few years since the Switch came out. Obviously, um, it I I just it doesn't feel like the right time to me, given how successful the system is. And yeah, obviously, if Nintendo release an upgrade, Zelda would have to be backward compatible with the original units. And so yeah, maybe they they would just show that, been, that footage. Well, then right. six years when Breath of the Wild two comes out, which is. Mm a while and the switch i love the thing but hardware wise it's weaker than original ps4 base unit at this point they've done wonders with it but it desperately needs a hardware upgrade of some kind it's 
it's I mean it's definitely creaky. We've we've <laughs> seen Zelda games bridge generations before, and I feel like there was you know in in each of those scenarios there were uh, technical reasons for that, and then there were financial reasons for that. With with the Wii U to the Switch, it was like. Oh my God, get us out of here. Get something new on the shelf quick. <laughs> Anything you can. And it worked, right? It's like, you yeah. know, it's it was a hit system. Um, so I, I imagine that they're looking at that, like, do we need this? Do we need new hardware to tell the story of this game? Because we don't need new hardware to sell right now. We're crushing yeah. it w with or without new hardware. We're doing great. Um, and so that, that's, a, that's a part of it. But there's also the ongoing chip shortages. And I, I don't know how much that plays into things. It, it is physically impossible to buy a PS5 or a Series X on a store shelf anywhere in America. I can't speak for the rest of the world, but I imagine it's pretty difficult there too. I was looking at sales numbers for PS5 in Spain. It was like like 30 guys bought a PS5 last month. Hey, it's just like, congratulations. Congrats, you did it. <laughs> but so uh, I, I imagine that like, bringing all that into it and having to, you know, spin up all these new, uh, you know, assembly lines and stuff like that for stuff that's for parts that are impossible to get when you have hit hardware selling right now, um, is kind of biting off more than they can chew, but who knows? Like, it's, it's really, really tough to say, like, uh, to what Kat was saying, selfishly, I want them to launch new hardware because I, I don't want a game that's going to be held back by the limitations of six-year-old now almost 12-year-old hardware right yeah. um but on the flip side if they can if they can get it running and and it works well like there's there has been some so the, you know link's awakening didn't run well uh hyrule warriors didn't run well there are there are games uh that just do not really run well on this on this hardware and i enjoyed them either way but they're they're held back and so i do wonder if if there is a way to do that like if there is a way to like get new hardware out there without sort of having to deal with this global chip shortage, you know? Yeah, well, but but also pricing, remember? The, the OLED is 350 bucks, so yeah. it is already not competitive if you do, you know, it's an apples to orange, but if you do a comparison, like the PS4 is at 299, right? And you mm -hmm. can get it discounted. The PS5, if you can find it, is 500, 499. The OLED is 349. To introduce a, three, a third tier, um, you would, need a nice OLED screen. So it's not it's not, you know, switch upgraded to 399. I think we're look we we would be looking at like a 449 priced model, which doesn't sound very Nintendo to me. Like no, I feel like all. they will I feel again, this is not based on insider knowledge. I just feel like it's too early and they're gonna ride the OLED and then you know they'll eventually introduce a, a, a new switch at at the you know well, at, the, at this at the at a competitive price point because it would have to be really expensive now. I think you're probably right here. So, and you know more about this kind of thing than I do. Having said that, I would say that, I mean, the Switch hasn't had a price cut in North America this entire time. Yeah. Maybe the time is ripe to cut the price on the base Switch and then introduce a Switch Pro with an LCD screen, but it's a, a 4K unit. You don't have to necessarily go with the OLED look. Um, and you have the improved Sad. processor, and now you put that at the 350 price point, and you put the base unit at a lower price point, and then it works out a little bit better. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I obviously don't have insider knowledge either. But what I do have is IGN commerce knowledge, and Ugh. this month we have seen the return of GPUs. You can go on Amazon right now, and you can buy a 30 series GPU. And granted, you're going to pay a little more than MSRP on those, but 
the prices have been coming down all day today. We the commerce team has been running around because the Xbox Series X is on Amazon and it has been on Amazon since like eight Eastern time this morning. And it is now two thirty five in the afternoon and it's still there. So the uh, we had a PlayStation five drop on Amazon yesterday. So the chip shortage, I don't want to say that it's over, but I feel like it is starting to come unstuck. Okay. And as far as the OLED screen, Nintendo made a deal with Samsung for those screens just because Samsung overproduced them. And it's like classic Nintendo fa uh, fashion. They're like, well, we can get this pretty decent technology for cheap because Samsung just had so many of them, they didn't know what to do with them. So I don't think that this shows that we're going to absolutely be getting a new Nintendo Switch uh, or whatever they're going to call the next console. But I do think that it is within the realm of possibility and the way to sort of get away from the switch being such a powerhouse how do you move that momentum to the next console you release what is probably the most anticipated video game of like the last 10 years so yeah. i think it's within the realm of possibility that we see some you, hardware you would have to do a simultaneous a simultaneous launch though or oh yeah that that kind of like that kind of cheap staggered thing they've done the last few times too where they're like Oh, you get you get it two weeks later, you know, or it's it's <laughs> mirror mode, whatever, you know. Um, that would be that would be interesting, but I, I I I don't see them leaving that entire fan base behind. That Switch is doing oh phenomenal, no. yeah. So you would have to make something that's sort of cross generational, right? Um, yeah. And so, I, like you, if you if you bought a day one Switch or even the OLED, it's going to come with some caveats if you're playing this game. Um, this is all hypothetical again, right? Uh, but if the new if the new console comes out and it's stronger, then you're going to get the bells and whistles there. But we'll see. Like, I, they've never been the most power focused company. No, um, never. You know, that's never been their forte, and I kind of love them for that because, like, pair you you started like talking about prices that like they've never even bumped their head against those ceilings, and that's that's been cool because it's allowed them to reach audiences that I don't think. Um, you know, a $500 console can reach. And yeah. so they're also going after different demographics and different, there's there different user, you know, user bases and edge cases for a switch traveling, playing on the couch. There's all this fun stuff that you can't really do, you know, curled up in a ball in a car, whatever you want to bring it to the beach, go on the roof with, with Karen, anything, <laughs> all that fun stuff. You all saw the, the trailer six years ago. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've all lived all those moments, you know? And so I think that's, a, that's a big part of it. I hope they keep that that side of it going because that's been really really cool. It's something my PS5 can't do. It's something my Series X can't do. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Can I yeah. just say that I think it's great that Nintendo just kind of plucked Cuphead away and said that's ours now. Cuphead's, <laughs> that's it. Cuphead's a Switch game, and yeah. by the way, like Cuphead shows just how versatile that Switch hardware really is. I mean, there's some amazing looking games on that thing. Yeah, it. One of the things that I've noticed uh, with Kirby, which we'll be talking about later, is that they are starting to employ some trickery to make the games look better than they can possibly look. I mean, there's there are parts of Kirby, especially like transition screens that are in 60 FPS. And you're like, oh, my God, this is this is amazing. But then you'll notice like objects in the distance and Kirby yeah. are running at like four FPS. Isn't that they look funny? Like, yeah. It's yeah. like claymation until you get up to them yeah. and then they might hit 30. But uh, like it's the same me personally, Arceus, yeah, yeah. I would be happy if the next Switch was just just ran games at 60 FPS. Mm -hmm. That's all I care about. I don't need a 4K Switch. Come on, now. come on. 
I don't even play games in 4K on my PS5. I know. What's wrong with everybody? <laughs> what? Come on. I put it in performance <laughs> mode. I go back and forth, and with some games, I I really like the frame rate. With some games, I like the detail. With with Horizon, uh, uh, was it uh, Second Dawn? Forbidden Journey to the West. West. Whatever. Forbidden West. <clears throat> um, I like Second Dawn better. I. Uh, I, I kept on switching back and forth, and like ultimately, I like the smoothness better than, yeah. than the little bit of more detail, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's especially on uh, Final Fantasy VII Remaster or Retro, whatever the hell they call if it. Anything? I want mm-hmm. more FPS. I want more frames. I have a yeah. 120 FPS monitor Ooh. just sitting Ooh, over there. Fancy, yeah. smooth. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm with you, Seth. I think getting games to run more smoothly is is important, and uh, we are with th- third parties are not going to be able to uh, port their games as effectively anymore unreal engine or no unreal engine right it's we're bumping into the hardware power ceiling and it's inevitable until we get a replacement with more power yeah the screen is never going to be 4k it's too tiny they no no it wouldn't and it would be silly uh, i mean it's yeah. like the uh the steam deck is 1200 by 800 and mm-hmm. yeah. that's all you really need um, for a, a lot of different reasons. But at that, uh, it's only slightly bigger than the Switch's screen, and it looks awesome. There were so. there were definitely some like astoundingly surprising third-party ports to come to Switch in general. Stuff that you felt like wizardry, sorcery, stuff that you didn't think was possible. <laughs> but I think by and large, and I was one of those people six, seven years ago, being like the successor to the Wii U needs uh, to be strong enough to run all the top third-party games. Not really doesn't no. you know didn't i was i was flat out wrong about that i'll fully admit that there's a bunch of games that just didn't get and it's fine like it didn't get cyberpunk boohoo yeah. you're okay you, you made it you got through the year little guy <laughs> you're all right like there's you no know, it's, it's not it doesn't have elden ring like there's a whole bunch of games you just can't play on there but it's it's okay because it's 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 the software is selling well it's got a tremendous attach rate and People seem to be gravitating to it for completely different reasons than I anticipated to begin with. Like it has become yeah. this phenomenal indie platform machine that I I love. I love it so for that. good and a um, JRPG machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's less for me. It's less about wanting to play you know Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Elden, Elden Ring, that sort of stuff on the Switch. It's more that the hardware limitations make it difficult to do some genres well on the machine, and that that includes. You know, third-person and first-person shooters, uh, games with you know just a lot of detail on screen going on. That doesn't mean that Nintendo can't make the best open-world game of them all and and run them on that platform. But but that comes with style choices on how the game has to look. And yeah, you know, as Seth described, like in Kirby, back in the distance, you can see your enemies go. But- <laughs> warp you know like the, you have to do a lot of work and a lot of trickery and not every developer wants to spend that time right hear me out switch pro with elden ring at launch Ooh, that's not gonna happen <laughs> we can't even get we can't even get a proper persona on it i'm playing the ps4 version of elden ring on my ps5 and it looks great mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the best looking game on the market, but it runs at 60 FPS and that's kind of all I really need. And Mm -hmm. the art style makes up for the rest. Do you know how much you have in common with some of your favorite celebrities, leaders, newsmakers? I'm Evelyn, the host of Reppin, where you'll meet notable people you think you know. You'll find out who they really are and what they represent. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts. 
God, I remember when the, the Wii U was coming out and they're like, we've got Assassin's Creed and we've got Batman. And I think uh, <laughs> Colonial Marines and they were just nobody. We didn't play any of that. Exactly. Like, no. That's not that's not what you own the Switch for. But no. uh, it, it sure would be nice if a, a studio that can make great open world games on PS5 and Xbox could make something custom for Switch without... Yeah. Without, you know, needing like real hardcore coders to make it happen, right? And I just want to point out the, the, that we got the best open world game ever already in Breath of the Wild. No, yes. no, that's true. But there could be more. And I also want to remind you guys that the studios that help port some of these more graphically intensive games got acquired. So they're not going oh. to be porting Jack anymore. Interesting. <laughs> well, uh, how does this impact the Switch lineup for 2022? I'm just going to say positively, but mm -hmm. that's just like what we spoke, we talked about early on. Like, there's just too many games this year. So many. So, like Cass said, it's nice to know that in the spring, yeah, we get this, you know, the birds are starting to return, the geese are flying back from their summer home or their winter homes, and we're watching this world, this magical world <laughs> unfold in front of us. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the spring, but is this. I think no. there'll be a gap filler coming. I I think, think there's so? gonna be. I I think I think there'll be. Well, we have Pokemon. We have Xeno. Uh, yep. All right. What about that? What about no. that logo they showed us? Like a, a oh, Metroid. Ago? Do you remember that logo? Metroid. Yeah, oh yeah, the number four. The first. It was for Rocky Four, which is the best of the no. Rocky movies. That will be yeah, the is. switch to launch title next. I that's it. I mean, like, look, <laughs> Switch I, is coming out next Christmas. I've just been in complete, you know, uh, speculation and conspiracy <laughs> mode, and I'm like, well, the reason that it, they're they're starting over with Metroid Prime Four is because it, at some point they decided it was too ambitious for the Switch, and we're going to make it on the next piece of Switch hardware. So, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not. That's why they're not any showing sense. any graphics. They no. don't want to give away that it runs at 4K 60 for. Wait a minute. <laughs> Metroid Pro that's what the 4 was. Oh that's my it. god. That's it. It's called Metroid 4A60 <laughs> is what it's called. That would be yeah. a hilariously embarrassing title in 2023 <laughs> is to put 4K. <laughs> We've had like, 4K for like 15 years. Play Fighter 63 and a half. <laughs> yeah. Now with blast processing. Oh mm -hmm. man. Got to love that. So uh, well, I mean, what do we think we're going to... I hear rumors that we're going to be getting a Fire Emblem, maybe, for the sort of gap-filling game. That's the only one that immediately comes to mind. And like I've said before, not that excited. But I think we're going to get a Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD. Oh, my God, please. There have been I'm rumors for so, ages that those things are just sitting on a hardware, hard drive somewhere ready to come out. So that would seem like the, the time to bring it out is to cover the gap in the fall and then you would have a lot of zelda games oh my god and the nintendo switch it'd be really great i think everybody assuming that the ports were well done uh, it can be kind of variable but, but Kat, nintendo. That would, nintendo would have to do the unthinkable which is a port uh wii u game <laughs> to switch there's no precedent for that whatsoever uh, especially not them being wildly successful uh <laughs> eclipsing the original sales tenfold uh, yeah so I, I can't imagine them doing that no no no, no. I just like the idea that Al Newman's like in his garage, like, where did I put that hard drive? He's going through all his <laughs> old magazines and paint cans and stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, man. The time has I, come. I haven't played Wind Waker in a long time, and yes, I want to play it again I know. on my Nintendo Switch. I know. I want to play it on Switch on the OLED screen. Oh, it would look so good. It feels like yesterday that we got HD, but it's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a long yeah. time. My, uh, 
That's what drove my friend to buy a Switch. He bought the special edition Switch, or excuse me, the Wii U, Wii U, Wii U yeah. just to play uh, Wind Waker. And I don't think he ever played played anything after he beat it. So, man, oh, it's wow. such a good game. I love it so much. Yeah, Nintendo, do that. Fill, fill in that gap with uh, with some Zelda remasters. Just even if it's just Wind Waker, I love it so much. But well, I think gave, beyond you, that, yeah, go ahead, Brian. I was going to say they gave us Skyward Sword, so come on. Oh yeah, everyone's you know, classic favorite Skyward. You made Sword. you made me try to love that game again. <laughs> Don't diss it. I liked it a lot better. I'm not this time dissing around. it. I'm just calling it how I it enjoyed is. it. It's, I mean, it's, it's nobody's it's not, favorite. Not my favorite of it's nobody's favorite. No. Oh, the comments just exploded in my ear with all the people whose favorite Zelda that is. I'm just yeah. saying, if they gave us Skyward Sword, you can give us Wind Waker, right? Because that's yeah. the, the, you can you can give us easier the, the good one now. Yeah. The really. <laughs> A really good one. Listen, I'll, I'll, I don't care. I'll put myself out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes I just put on the the music and just listen to it on it. Like I just sail. I just sail. Oh, yeah. Maybe there'll be another Grezzo port or like they redid Link to the Past in the Link's Awakening style or something. Ooh. There, there'll be. I, I do think there'll be a, a, a surprise for Q4. I would All love right. Link Between Worlds. That like I mm. that game is. A decade old now old now i think maybe no is it more. no way really so good yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a retro game. your favorite zelda it's awesome yeah it's so so good i would i would love to play that takes um, a little really bit more time work to, bring to redo phantom but, hourglass yeah. and spirit tracks over i know yeah. on this b-roll yeah hey phantom hourglass yeah actually never mind it does have problems uh, I, <laughs> don't bring phantom hourglass over please <laughs> i don't know the touchscreen games are i think that's they i Feel like nintendo thinks those belong on a different device but link between worlds totally would work mm -hmm. it's a good one let's do that okay i'll order Here's... one yes I'll order, <laughs> I'll order two one for me and one for my kids give us a little zelda holdover to breath of the wild that's all you have a whole bunch on the as hard drive yeah as a treat <laughs> Give yeah, us the card. Of, yeah, give, put the animated series. Sort of Rumble on or whatever it was. <laughs> CDI, CDI games, sure. <laughs> Please never, ever bring those anywhere. Let's oh, just forget them. They, they've poisoned the meme space. Yeah. But... That guy could eat an Octorok. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the great leg meat on an Octorok, because I got all, the, all those legs. So, mm -hmm. all right, that's enough about The Legend of Zelda. Let's talk about what we can play right now. Kirby, holy cow! Kirby is so charming. I am loving this game so much. I'm curious to hear uh, what your takes on it are. Cat, uh, you mentioned that you are also enjoying this new Kirby game. It's wonderful, isn't it? Uh, yes. The game is pure vibes, and the the opening is just outstanding. Where you wake up on the island, you get the car. And then you get this lovely anime opening and <laughs> the levels have a flow to them and a sense of momentum that I really appreciate. Even, even though there's a lot of collect-a-thon aspects and looking for different characters, I don't really feel like uh, the pace ever really slows down, which is pretty impressive, I think. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. It gives me kind of Mario Galaxy vibes to some extent. It makes me think of... Uh, beginning of Mario Galaxy when you crash on the planet for the first time and then the game just goes, right? And he yeah. starts mm -hmm. moving and there's this wonderful swelling kind of epic soundtrack. Kirby does kind of the same thing, I think. And um, yeah, it just makes, and there's a lot of physical humor in mm. uh, the new Kirby game. 
in a way that just like makes me out laugh out loud. They're using the the, the power to eat things <laughs> really in just so many clever and fun ways. Uh, and the 3D, the shift to 3D, which I can't believe it's taken this long to happen, yeah. uh, has enabled that. And I don't know if I've had a game with as many kind of laugh out loud moments as when I've gotten from Kirby. It's it's a real gem. And <sighs> I, I think we can talk about the the difficulty discourse around it. But, you know, I'll just go with what everybody else has been saying on Twitter. Elden Ring shot uh, Kirby chaser. Yes. <laughs> Mm. It is so wonderful. Brian, have you been playing any? Yes, cards? yes. And I think I cat nailed pretty much so much of, of my thoughts here. It is it is genuinely funny. It is wonderfully, surprisingly funny. I was not expecting that. Just goofy, laugh out loud stuff. I think one of my favorite elements of this game, everyone knows like, you know, it, mouthful mode, you turn into a car and a, a, a traffic cone and stuff like that. But I think what I didn't catch until I started playing this game was that it also retains one element of your power up before you did that. So you'll turn into like a vending machine that'll have like a, a dainty hat on top because that's, <laughs> that's what right. you just had eaten right before. Um, but yeah, I, I I finished Elden Ring. I put like 150 hours into that game. I wow. did everything there is to do, adored it. Um, and then I afterwards I was just kind of like, I'm free. I can play other stuff now. This <laughs> I is can great. live and, again. Yeah, and I and I and I I started playing Kirby and I just love it so much. It's become my like play a level after work every day type of game just like kind of wind down um i think what what cat said too to kind of expand on that i have like some gripes with the level design a little bit because i'm one of those like i i want to play completionist yeah. and i think there's a lot of times where you're like going through a level and you've got these sub objectives which i think nintendo's always been great at right there's the run to the finish line at your own pace beat the level cool you did it oh okay you want to go back in 100 percent it you have that option too it scales really well um but there's a lot of parts in this game where i'll like make a left and it'll lock me out of going back to the earlier parts of the level yeah. mm -hmm. which is kind of a bummer because it just means you know uh, i have to replay it which is not that bad because it's super fun sure. but it, when when you have to do that three or four times in a row like i'm i was playing the mall there's like an 80s mall level which is wonderful. oh my god so good um it's very very funny uh and multiple times i was like oh i i think i went down a one-way street in this mall and i can't go back around which doesn't really make sense for most. Uh, I'm well. I, I hate to um actually you, but there mm -hmm. are clues scattered oh, I know. around. Oh, all right. I know, well. but like you still have to replay the level like multiple times just to to kind of get everything, which is okay. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but all in all, I love it. I really love the way it flows. It reminds me a lot of um, Super Mario 3D World, actually. Like I feel like this is the closest mm. the Kirby franchise has come to that. Um, it, uh, also in multiplayer too. I don't know if either if any of you played two player co op, but it's really cool. My no kids idea. were playing it. Isn't that the sweetest thing? Mm -hmm. Love it. Pear, have you been playing any of this yeah, wonderful it's, game? It's it's my it's my my three game, which means I have other games that I'm playing before uh, I'm playing it. But Kirby is my play it on the couch or you know in the garden. We've had a couple of really nice days in the wow. in the Bay Area uh, game. I, I actually do like the way it looks on the smaller screen much better. Oh, uh, on the and, OLED, you know, it's incredible. Cat, you so compared good. to Mario Odyssey, it is Mario Odyssey without the sort of like technical graphical heights. And, you know, we had this discussion with Tom last week where Tom said there are some really beautiful levels in this game. And I totally agree, but it's like, it is, it is technically not on the same level as a Mario game. That's okay. Um, I do think that Kirby found its style and its perfect, uh, perspective for 
uh, new hardware, right? Like we come from traditional 2D hand animated art and went to kind of like the pseudo 3D, like Clone Noir style setup. And I feel like this, this is where Kirby feels right. And I hope they continue this approach where it is a very linear experience compared to, you know, the direction they took with, with the Mario 3D games. And it's all about kind of like this charm and goofiness and, you know, just kind of overall silliness and cuteness of the franchise. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I think I think it's really good. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Hal just come out and say like, oh, we're not going to do the next Kirby like this? Like, of course. This is it. This is it, folks. <laughs> Sorry, you like it so much, but the, the, uh, the 3D, why? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have well, something really cool and playing. Because for the Kirby next is their Kirby is their crazy toy box game. Remember, they've done Kirby games where you draw on the screen and like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Kirby Kirby games have done everything, every genre yeah. except first person shooter. I think is there a Kirby RPG yeah. that I don't know about. Oh, Kirby RPG would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I'll really? take that. Yeah. Turn-based RPG where you can recruit characters from the Kirby world. Oh, that'd be so good. You yeah, can, be fun. You can learn new powers by eating stuff. Can we yeah. can we quickly just give a thumbs up to and I don't do this often, the uh the marketing team who decided to wrap weird Kirby skins over all of the giant red balls <laughs> in front of Target, Target. stores? <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. Somebody like that's one of those things that like I've seen those things a hundred times. I never would have put that together. It is such a smart, clever thing to do. So kudos to you if you did yeah, that. I know. Was, and where do those go now? If like when the games they take them off and they just have these. Oh, I'll tell you skins. where they go. They go on eBay in fifteen years as a highly sought uh, after collectible. Yes. It should do a heist yeah. where we steal the big balls. <laughs> like back up a truck. I'm gonna need you to never say that sentence again. <laughs> yes. The ball heist? Yeah. It's doing it again. I'm renting a truck right now. <laughs> we gotta get on to the next subject, which actually is Kirby anyway. Okay. It's Kirby Cat. and the target ball heist. Kirby, Kirby, Cat has a few things to say about Kirby Uh this week's return of the sorely missed cat take. I just want to say this about Kirby. Kirby has never gotten the the respect that this series has deserved. It's always been treated as a second or even third tier Nintendo franchise. But Kirby has so many wonderful games going back to... Kirby's Dreamland on the original Game Boy, which, by the way, was gorgeous. It has its own aesthetic. The characters are really memorable and a lot of fun. Kirby's Adventure is secretly probably one of the two or three best games on the original NES. And I love the spirit of inventiveness with this franchise. It just, you have the games that always want to try to hit the biggest mainstream audience possible. And you have games like Kirby which want to just kind of have fun, right? And I think that the DNA of Nintendo, and more importantly, Sotoru Iwata, who was at HAL for Mm. so many years, is embedded firmly in this franchise. And we are seeing it more clearly than ever. Maybe we're all kind of remembering it in Kirby and the Forgotten Land. So I'm curious, like, before Kirby and the Forgotten Land, were you a Kirby fan? Uh, what do you think, Brian? Uh, Can- Canvas Curse, when it first came out, was one of my favorite games mm. ever. I absolutely loved it. But I, I loved um, Dreamland 2 and 3 on the original Game Boy as well. Especially, like, the riding... It was the same sort of deal where it's like you could get a power-up and then also ride a hamster. 
and just like <laughs> mess mess people up. Obviously, like they've always been more sort of like linear, lighthearted, easier, uh, you know, for the average player. But um, I appreciate that for that. Like you, you can float through a lot of these games, like literally. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Or you can you can really get in the nitty gritty and mm -hmm. and fight everybody, get boots on the ground, whatever he's wearing on his feet. Um, uh, and I I really like that about that. Like this 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 has always been a a, a a series that Nintendo has. Like we we joked a lot on NBC back in the day. Pero said like when it when a system was about to be sunsetted, basically they would send out the Kirby's. Right, like Kirby was the <laughs> Kirby was the game where they'd be like, well, the Nintendo DS is dying, so uh, here's. Here's here's a couple of Kirby games. Shut up and leave us alone. We're working <laughs> yeah. on the next thing. But I think um, it's been a great vessel for them to go really weird and experimental with a lot of uh, different gameplay ideas that I think they they don't even bring in like Mario and stuff like that. You know, having him run around in a mech suit for a full game was awesome. You know, having having him like they made entire games where things are just made out of like you know clay and yarn and stuff like that you know, they've done that with yoshi as well but i feel like kirby has been consistently awesome for a very long time and i'm with you kirby's epic yarn is a lot of fun <sighs> mm -hmm. from back in the day so uh and okay. i i i love the tinge of darkness to the kirby series that they've always had because i, I think the the kind of the fan canon is that kirby is an eldritch abomination uh, <laughs> with the powers of a god <laughs> that on the other side of Kirby, when Kirby is eating you, you are looking into the mouth of oblivion. So I think that uh, there's just such a memorable character, starting as just a little white blob who was a, a placeholder character yeah. and everybody decided, hey, we really like this character. And then of course, in Kirby's adventure, they found kind of the, the spirit, right? When he was started to be able to eat enemies and steal their powers. and. Kirby and the Forgotten Land really kind of takes that to another level in so many ways. It's it's lovely, and I don't want to hear any more uh, talking nonsense about Kirby being bad or whatever. Kirby has always been who good. Who says that? Who would say such a thing? I mean, Monsters, I guess that's who would say it. I was never a Kirby fan, same um, until Epic Yarn, and we got Epic Yarn because my son, who was like five at the time, was just really captivated by it, by it and we would play it together and it was so much fun and now he is like the probably the biggest kirby fan he has a kirby hat when he gets out of the shower he is a teenager to keep his hair from like getting all messed up he puts on his kirby beanie he has like kirby Aww. socks and he got mad because his brother actually wore them he's like those are my favorite socks dude how could you do that so i have become a kirby fan just through like seeing him and how much he enjoys it and it is so charming and it is so wonderful and it is so creative and it's so fun and i don't care that it's easy that was one of the things that actually turned me off when i played the original one i was like is it supposed to be this easy this is a game for babies i'm a big tough man now <laughs> 17 or whatever but now i'm just like you know what this is fun it's colorful it's enjoyable it's 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 what it is and it's mm -hmm. very lovely so yeah i'm i'm, I'm on team kirby now Elden Rings for babies. I mean, there's no button you can push in Kirby yeah. where like a guy from the internet will come beat a boss for you, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get out of here. You gotta, you gotta get good in Kirby. It's not none of that mm -hmm. Elden Ring baby garbage. Yeah, nah. I love that game. Don't, don't. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's, it's, it's a very, good, a very good game.
but here what are your what are your kirby thoughts i i've never i've always enjoyed kirby games and always saw them as kind of you know the the easier game to bring new new nintendo fans into the fray um and and offer a simpler more lighthearted experience and back in the days i always thought as the mario games the hard one yoshi was going in that direction too being more of an expert game and then yoshi kind of became more of a kirby game over time mm-hmm. too um but i always enjoyed them and i always loved the power stealing mechanic and i think the only thing that distracted from it is that every other nintendo game replicated that kind of concept where even you know in majora's mask we become different characters with different gameplay styles in mario odyssey we take powers away from other characters and so that's taken a little bit of that uniqueness away banjo kazooie too if you think of all these games right um but but kirby's always been like feel wise tone wise very very different despite the eldritch horror they've always <laughs> been very light-hearted and fun and easy to conquer mm-hmm. So I dig them. I like that they exist. Would I, when a new Kirby game gets announced, is it at the top of my wish list? No, is it right? And like that's why I would say this release was the first one where I I placed it pretty high on my most wanted games because it looked different, it looked interesting, and, and it looked like it it really took a step forward. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what? Is, uh, what on is the, going on? on the video right now? It looks like there's like a, a Elden Ring Some, Kirby mod Kirby into Elden Ring, and it's it's, it it's horrifying. Just as horrible as you think. <laughs> it's actually. Uh, I, I also appreciate that, like canonically, he's like possibly the strongest character in yeah. Smash Brothers lore-wise. Yeah. Also, you like, know. for all the talk about how easy his games are, anytime anyone came to Smash, Kirby made it a pain in the ass. Yes. <laughs> they had to be like, well, what happens if Kirby eats him? And they're like, oh, that's I right. Know. Yeah. It's got what part of his body becomes part of his body. This is going to be a whole thing we got to work on now. I love that. Like, I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's because his games are easy because Kirby is a tier five cosmic horror. <laughs> he is the boss, right? Kirby is the uh-huh. easy mode in uh-huh. games. He's just that powerful. Dang. I have a question actually for Pear and Cat because you both lived in Japan. And in Kirby, there's a tomato with a letter M on it. And I swear I've seen that in other games. Is that a reference to something culturally in Japan that I just don't know about? Or is it just a Kirby thing? What was it? It was like the Maxine tomato or something, right? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? I I never looked into that where that comes from. Mm. Yeah, I've never seen that one either. I don't know if it's a cultural reference to to anything. So yeah, I sorry. Will, I will say I'm very glad that like when we when I was young, they would intentionally like take all the Japanese references out of a game. Like they would do all the art in the worst Western style because like kids don't want to see this anime crap. But I'm you know now I'm glad, like, Kirby just has, yeah, there's the, the big M tomato. Oh, there it is. Now there's, like, no question that this is a Japanese game. You know, like, the village, it looks like a little, the buildings look like classic Japanese wooden buildings. When he has the, the big mallet, he has the, the, the Japanese-style head, headband. Um, yeah, there's, like, it, rice cakes to eat, which they used to call hamburgers in games, because, like, kids mm-hmm. don't know what a rice Pokemon cake is. Pokemon be like, let's have a jelly donut. They're eating a rice ball. <laughs> if, if anyone, uh, if... Anybody knows the um, the origin of the M on the tomato? It does seem like it's just maximum health. It's the M mm. for maximum health, maximum tomato. Okay. Um, because in Japanese it's called maximum tomato. Yeah. So I, I think it just means the top most powerful health pickup. 
All right. I do, I do oh, love yeah. one of my favorite things about Kirby, and everybody knows this by now, but it's worth uh, reiterating, um, is how furious he looks on all the American box art versus the, the Japanese box art. They just have Attitudes. to make, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't work because he's so cute. And they're just yeah. like, give him the angry eyebrows. And it's just, it's like, <laughs> okay. Like, because people in America, I guess, are incapable of buying something that's adorable unless it's pissed off holding a gun or something like that. Um, and the other thing, too, is like that, uh, I believe he was, he was named after the lawyer John Kirby who defended Nintendo in against Universal uh, over the uh, Donkey Kong, King Kong lawsuit. Really? Yeah. Like, I yeah, I call B I call BS on that one. I think that's a retcon story so that, really? Nintendo, that <laughs> Nintendo wouldn't get sued by a vacuum cleaner company. That is true. <laughs> it's a little on the nose that back back in those days, the most popular company on the planet for vacuum cleaners was Kirby, right? Mm. Like people calling vacuum cleaner Kirby's for a while too. That so it's uh, now obviously it's it's all Dyson and and and, mm -hmm. and well, the brand I is no longer that known, but. Yeah, the implications are that there's a universe where people are playing uh, Hoover in the Forgotten Land. That's right. Hoover <laughs> is the other one, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Dyson's well, canvas curse. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe it's knows? just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. Yes, of course it is. Yeah. But um, uh, I will I will point out too. Uh, if you're if you use my Nintendo, uh, which is that you know kind of point system you get re rewarding. Uh, your the games that you play and the pur purchases you buy. Um, they're doing a thing right now, at least in America, where you can get like a a re reusable canvas bag with Kirby's face on it. Really? Yeah, and he looks um he looks like very full. Like he's just like, <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> like if you if you bring it to like Trader Joe's and you fill it with like oranges or something, it's gonna look <laughs> even even more hard, like just a lumpy weird bagged Kirby thing. So please. Please get yourself one of those. I'm going to order one, one right after this okay. show. Oh, see, I ordered the uh, the keychains, the N64. Key How chains. are those? Are they cool? Oh my god, they're so good. Really? I haven't I haven't opened them yet, but yeah, I know they're <laughs> they're really good. They're they're very high quality. The the uh the resolution on the on the print is like really crisp and very very tiny, and it doesn't blur. Or anything. Yeah, they're they're cool, and I'll probably just put them on the shelf with all the other stuff. That I have there's the Kirby there's that bag Kirby Look. bag oh yeah you know what you can go bowling on league night put your yeah, uh, 16 pounder in that bad boy that's like a, I think there's a watermelon in there or yep a large egg a little, it's an ostrich egg yum yum who doesn't yeah, like Trader Joe's started selling those recently yep they're delicious as long as you Not have true. a mallet please don't believe so. me. <laughs> hilarious other new things that you can get on Nintendo are three Switch online games which were announced last night which I did not expect in the slightest. Super Nintendo, we have Earthworm Jim 2. Okay. On the NES, we have Dig Dug 2. And we have Mappy Land. These aren't the best games, but as far as Nintendo Switch Online is concerned, I'm, I'll take it. I'll take it. I never played Earthworm Jim back in the day. It's extremely 1990s. I don't know if I'm going to like it at all. Uh, but I'm gonna give it a shot anyway. But Pear, don't you have like uh, some Dig Dug Two love? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was um, I was creating my game DNA page on IGN. We've got a new feature launching, which is 
kind of we're bringing back a feature that we did in the early 2000s as part of my IGN, which is that you can track your game collection and kind of manage your backlog and all that and, and get helpful information. And so I created my game DNA page and I put down all the games that um, kind of influenced my gaming career, like things that I played when I was a kid, not just my fit, not, not necessarily my favorite games. And I, I put stuff on there like Final Lap, which I played in Japanese arcades and played it with my then girlfriend, now wife um, and, and, and friends and Ball Blazer that I played on my Atari computer. And I had to put Dig Dug on there. Dig Dug was just one of those games that when I was a kid um, in Germany, as a kid, you, you could go to bars with your parents and stuff like that. People didn't think that a kid in a bar would mean that they would drink or become alcoholics. And there was a Dig Dug machine in one of the bars, local bars. And uh, <laughs> that's right. Do it. Um, and like I always thought as a kid, I thought it was magical the way it looked, the title screen, the kind of digging mechanics. And like it really got me interested in playing video games, even as a really, really little kid. And I, I always wanted to play that one. And so I have a soft spot for Dig Dug. Yeah, this is uh, thanks, Red, for bringing this up. This is my game DNA page. You can see uh, really old farty games on there, like the Epics, Winter Games and Summer Games uh, games. And uh, we'll roll this out um, next week and, and you guys can try it, too. But um, um, Rescue well, on Fractalus. Who doesn't love that old? Oh, my God. It's so good. I don't, can we, I don't can we address it. real quick that uh, the, the way you kill people in Dig Dug is probably the one of the most horrible ways Awful. to die. Yeah, like, <laughs> you stick a, like an air pump in their mouth and you oh, step yeah. on it until they explode. That is just like just speaking of Eldritch Horrors. Like, so, oh God. I think I think that's what attracted me to that game too. It had this weird <laughs> dark style on top of this this comic book look. Weird characters like the pukas and the dragons and stuff, and they could turn into faces and and float through the dirt. Um, I just thought this game was so fascinating, and and I got it on my home computer later, many many years later, and my it was like one of the only games that my dad would play, not necessarily oh, play because it's kind of hard. Mm. However, we're getting Dig Duck too, and Dig Which Duck Two sucks. Totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Dig Dug. What, a, is a, what game. a walk it was to that statement. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry to waste your time, people. But it's no, like, what a, we strolled Dig down Dug. memory lane and then you threw us in a like a rose bush. <laughs> Dig Dug is such a wonderfully designed game where you're digging tunnels and you're luring enemies to follow you, and then you drop rocks off them and, and you can you can pump them up even through like tiny slivers of walls. It's a really fascinatingly well-designed game um, from Namco. Uh, with a T back then. And uh, Dig Dug 2 is played from a top-down perspective and you're not digging. It's like, it's an overworld game and it still has the pumping mechanics. It's just like, it's to me a symbol of what goes wrong when you don't adhere to like the core conceit of the game that you created. Dig Dug is about digging. And it's, it's <laughs> Damn it. like they abandoned it. There is so, a fundamentalist. He's an orthodox Dig Dug. I, it's yeah. awful. It's it's not that the game is that bad. It's just awful to me. But you're also getting Earthworm Jim 2, which is okay, and Mappy Land, which is okay. Um, sure. And so is this an attractive lineup for Nintendo Online? No. Look well, at it. It's not Dig Dug. It's Walk Walk Whack or whatever. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> <laughs>
I love that this lineup was announced and Earthbound immediately started trending on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> Even though Earthbound's already out on the Nintendo Switch Online, people just do it as a force of habit at this thing, at yep. this point, I think. I'm kind of yeah. mean. Earthworm Jim 2 is actually pretty good. And like when Earthworm Jim, the first one came out, it really surprised us with the kind of level of animation that Shiny was always really good at. You know, if you played um, Aladdin on the Genesis as well, super cool look and animation especially for its time when a yeah. lot of games did not have like big sprites like that and big animation they had really small legs and small arms and all that and um they did uh i think earthworm jim was like one of the first games with lens flare and stuff like that they did really interesting stuff visually um yeah it's, it's a little loose it's a little over animated in parts but it really is beautiful to look at even today it's yeah. part of the the obsession with remaking cartoons in yep. the 16-bit era, where it's yeah. like, look at the graphics. We can do actual cartoons on the SNES and things. I think that Earthworm Jim is basically the Battletoads of the SNES and Genesis because oh, so it, sucks. it has that similar sort of, um, it puts a lot of emphasis on graphics. It has a lot of different gameplay conceits throughout. Mm -hmm. You're riding the rocket and that kind of thing. Gun. So, yep. Yeah, exactly. And as a result, the game itself uh, can feel a little unfocused. Mm -hmm. But Earthworm Jim was a big deal back in the 1990s. People forget now because nobody thinks about Earthworm Jim anymore. But there was like a cartoon, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was considered one of the top tier games on those particular platforms. But I sort of feel like the the shine was a... A little bit off on Earthworm Jim, even by Earthworm Jim too, because the original is still the best, right? No, it's it, it's true and it, good good music too. But it it was um mm. it it was an important game for its time, just because it showed others what could be done with his cartoon style. And we just talked about Cuphead, and I feel like Cuphead owes some of it, you know, some of what it does to Earthworm Jim, and like this kind of focus on very. For, for on a cartoon look like basically bringing a cartoon to life as a video game i think it's worth playing but it's not you're not going to play it and go this feels great and you know you'll feel like you've seen it all before because so many games did exactly what earthworm jim did later on um if you uh if yeah. you only listen to nvc congrats uh you were just shielded from a clip of um a animated show where a man in prison uses earthworm jim to floss <laughs> yes just, they were i didn't like a lot to... of cartoons that was horrible that i had to look just... away yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just gross. they were they were <laughs> prepping for a ball heist brian oh. <laughs> so bad Damn it. yeah so bad yeah earthworm jim is a uh, people don't remember but like everybody had to have a mascot like that was the, yeah. that was a genre of game for the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis era was like the mascot game. So we had, you know, Arrow the Acrobat and, you know, Sonic was probably the most successful one. But everyone looked at Mario and was like, well, we got to do one with a little more attitude than that yeah. guy. So you got all these real crappy platforming games that had a moose who could drink <laughs> beer. I don't know. Like that was where it was that was the pitch meeting with right attitude there. with yeah. attitude and they rostified him 10 percent. so <laughs> yeah and there's a poochie oh there's there's arrow the acrobat right there if you're watching at home not a great game but it was on and, the cover of egm oh i i liked arrow actually a little better but look the nintendo online service has this issue now where the games that are being added they're not then they're, they're not usually 
bad, right? Like something like Mappy Land is not a bad game. It just didn't withstand the the test no. of time. And when you're going back to these games that are not notable for starting something meaningful, right? Like if you're going back to the first Mario game, it's still a really great game in its own right, but it's also notable for starting this giant franchise. It kind of starts to feel like it's just kind of random releases. Yeah, I want to remind everybody, it's like we could be getting Turtles in Time, Sonic 3, Metal Gear, Sonic and Knuckles. We could be getting N64, Lost Vikings, oh. Super Castlevania, Contra 3, Soul Blazer, Actraiser, Street Fighter 2, Turbo. Like, there's still Chrono Trigger. There's so many games still left on the Super NES and on the Genesis, too, that they could be adding at this point that are notable. And that's not even talking about the N64 stuff, where, yeah, we don't have Smash Brothers or Goldeneye the- or Banjo-Tooie and all that. All the publishers you know, got wise. They were like, we don't need to, why are we giving Nintendo any money? We can just, we'll put out collections. We'll put out our own ports. Like, you know, yeah. they they remade ActRaiser yeah. last year, as many of us yep. have already forgotten. Like there's, I know. There's, <laughs> they're putting, I think they're putting Turtles in Time in that Turtles collection. So you can get, yep. you you can get a lot of these games. You just can't get them as part of this service. That's the issue, is right? Kind of a bummer. Castlevania and Contra are, you know, they're, they're great Super NES games, but they're also part of collections. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those companies might not want to just license them out at a at a cheap rate for the service. And so I think Nintendo is literally going with with games that it can more easily get. Nobody is asking yeah. to play Dig Dug 2. Oh, man. You know? Anyway, this is, collection. This is definitely consistent with their chaotic bi-monthly 7 p.m. press release of... <laughs> Hey, look what we found in the back of the pantry. It's lima beans. And we were digging in our couch and we found Dig Dug. You want more Dig Dug, right? It's 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 something. If they it's I, something, I, yeah. Look, if there was rhyme or reason to it, like imagine Dig Dug 2 came out on the anniversary of the predecessor and it, it also had Dig Dug 1 or something at the same time. Like then it becomes kind of like the celebration of retro gaming. This just kind of feels like random grab bag right yeah. it's like right here's here's three games go ahead and it's like are they good nah yeah the, you know what yeah. the nintendo online service reminds me of and i don't Chopped. condone this no, it, <laughs> it reminds me of like uh, a hypothetical person who downloads a bunch of roms and then just randomly goes through them and plays five yep. minutes of all of them and it's like well i'll never play that one yeah. again that's kind yeah. of the it's funny when you don't service. if you don't check in on those apps for a while and then you come back and they're like, there's something new here. And these cards turn over and you're like, oh, this is like going like a fortune teller and getting like a, a weird fortune. <laughs> oh, I didn't know a tarot deck had that many death cards in it. <laughs> we're seeing, by the way, we're seeing the, uh, the footage of Earthworm Jim's blaster and a reminder that not having analog control with free aiming into every direction really, really sucked back in the days. Mm-hmm. Like literally, you wouldn't be able to hit enemies because they were in between the two angles that you're shooting. At. Yeah. Oh, take it off. There's Dick Dick. Don't do it. <laughs> it's now Kat, a maze have game. Anything to add? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I will hit 
what we've been playing, but I think, you know, we already kind of did. We all mm-hmm. been playing Kirby, but I want to talk about what I've been reading. And that's the fourth book in the Dune series, God Emperor of Doom. And things have just got real, real weird. Now, did I'm you not say Dune talk- or Doom? Because I know Dune. they made a bunch of <laughs> I, uh, books based on the I'm tearing oh, through the God Dune Emperor series. Dune is the best one. It's not it is, the best one. It is, that one. I'm, I'm, I'm like 150 pages in and it's just getting real weird. And there's a big worm man who controls all the spice. And uh, I'm loving it, and I've loved I've, the worse that they are. I think the more that I like them. So I'm going to continue reading them all the way up to the ones that his son wrote with some other guy. That's like weird '70s, like uh, I don't know, disco stuff. I'm excited yeah, to see that movie of... in 2068. <laughs> they're gonna make it. I know so those Mad Men. They're gonna make it. Yeah, I've actually I've put off watching that movie because I didn't want it to like pollute my imagination of like how mm. I see the characters. But thankfully, spoiler, God Emperor of Dune, 3,500 years into the future. So all those characters long dead. Although technically, you know what? I'm just going to shut up right now. Kat, what have you been playing? <laughs> what have I been playing? I mean, I've been talking about what I've been playing, which is Elden Ring and Kirby and Forgotten Land, and also a little bit of triangle strategy, just Ooh. sprinkling in there as a treat. Nice. Uh, they're dusting. all very good games. Uh, I feel like it's an embarrassment of riches right yeah. now in terms of great games to come out i've got tunic sitting on my xbox hard drive i really want mm. to get more into that and i just sort of feel like i'm good you know yeah. like i was saying that breath of the wild too uh, i'm kind of relieved that it's not coming out until spring because honestly the games that i have right now i kind of keep me for quite a while at this yeah. point uh, i was talking to jason schreier during gdc and he said that he's on his second playthrough of triangle strategy because oh. he wants to get the the extra stories and he said it's only about 20 hours per playthrough. And I was like, okay, yeah, I need to get more into this game. Okay. Also, as a pro tip, turn off depth of, depth of field on triangle strategy because it'll make it look better. Oh, that's, oh. that's what I learned. Yeah, I yeah it'll I make it look... See, mm-hmm. I didn't even see that. Yeah, it'll make it look less fuzzy. So look at those settings. It, it, nice. it definitely, it is a fuzzy game. Like you get used yeah. to that style, but I, I've heard some people complain that it looks just very blurry. Um, despite being, you know, obviously it's it's this got this 3D um, look. You can rotate the camera, so it's not pre-rendered stuff. Um, but yeah, some of that is the depth of field. I do like that effect though. Like when you look at yeah. the water, it looks really cool. It's a tilt yeah. shift. I thought it was funny that they were doing the story choice, like one of the first story branches. I was like, I think I want to go to the cool Winterland, and my party outvoted me and decided to go <laughs> to the other area instead. I was like, okay. Cool. I've never had that happen to me in a video game. It was neat because it makes the characters feel a lot more realistic and everything, but mm-hmm. also it took away some of my agency and now I'm mad. So <laughs> that's my triangle strategy experience. Nice. Here, what have you been playing lately other than Kirby? Triangle strategy, uh, Kirby. I was snooping around at the Genesis games a bit. You know, we talked about it last week. Uh, we got to treasure games. Um, yep. I just installed Gata Protectors Carts of Darkness, uh, Cart of Darkness, which I, I am not familiar with the Gata Protector series, but uh, I'm going to check that one out next, which uh, it appears to be a very f- uh, funny, whimsical game. And then uh, I was, you know, Brian and I worked on the Rogue Jam um, uh, video, uh, was it a video event competition show? Um, you know, with Reggie and and others, uh, which will debut in April. And I was in LA for the entire week on a, on a shoot for that, and I couldn't bring my treadmill. 
And so I brought Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> oh, nice. I totally, I packed the ring um, and uh, brought it with me. And I played it like three times during that week. Uh, because awesome. Sometimes I just forgot and was too tired. And it made me remember how good that game is. It's mm-hmm. really clever, clever. Like my son calls the main enemy Buff the Magic Dragon. And, <laughs> um, and uh, I... I'm actually curious that there hasn't been a sequel or an update to that game yet. Yeah. I feel like that might be a, a little surprise they'll pull out of the hat soon. Mm-hmm. That's what the next Switch is, is just one of those rings. And yeah. that's how all games will be played. That's yeah, why that, Breath of the Wild has been delayed. That controller is out there and, and they haven't done more with it. You know, like when they yeah. did the Wii Balance board, there have been more games that took advantage of it. And it feels yeah. like Ring Fit. We haven't heard anything. It sold no. really well yeah, uh, at the yeah. start of the pandemic too, when everybody's gyms were closed. So I heard. Um, yeah, and yeah, that it's it's really awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm right there with you, Pear. I'm surprised they haven't added more stuff to this game. Yeah. Well, we were saying that about Mario Kart for years. That yeah. is true. We finally said we need an expansion. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, how I I do think it's very nice that um, the the expansion is part of Nintendo's higher subscription tier. Yeah, I didn't even have to think about it, um, you know, and and the, there were the new tracks. Oh, I yeah. played those. I played those too, and I enjoyed them, by the way. But it was over super fast. Mm. You know? Yeah, like yeah. Um, I I've been playing that as well, and I I like them a lot. There's a lot of um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of really cool courses from the mobile game that look really great on on your TV. Like, yeah, it's, it's just really nice to see those. Um, a lot of the ones they built on around uh you know actual locations air quotes like the yeah. paris level and the new york level and stuff like that they're they're actually really really beautiful uh to play in oh, this cool. and pair I'm, I'm right there with you it was really cool to just like turn on that game and have access to that stuff on a service that you know i i paid four months ago i'm i'm a fan of them <laughs> making you know additive content to something that because there was there was a pretty big debate about whether that service was worth it or not, and I don't really believe it was back then. And I think no. now it's you know now that's more of a, a more of a conversation. Yeah, if if every quarter you get major DLC to a big Nintendo fan game, like you know maybe we get Splatoon next, so Mario mm-hmm. Odyssey when when Splatoon three is out, um, I I think then it actually has an identity more than here's Dig Duck two and Mappy Land. Ah, mm-hmm. poor Mappy Land. No, it's right. look. Namco are obviously big partners to Nintendo in development, and yeah. um, so they're getting all their games for free. Yeah, they're starting with the best ones. Mappy Land. So my question is, what's the next big expansion that they should do then uh, as part of the service Ooh. if they're doing it quarterly? Well, I mean, they're, they're pretty much done with Hyrule Warriors, right? Like that. Mm. That would have been the easy one to go back to. Uh, Certainly Mario Odyssey. Like, I bet if, you know, if they had had this idea back then, they would have put the Breath of the Wild expansions in there too. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't, not too I don't late. think they need some new stuff. Kirby. I'm pretty surprised we never got more stuff in, in Odyssey. Yeah. yeah, just hide and seek junk. Anything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like they, yeah, that's, that's, that. that wasn't, that was completely forgettable, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to hit question block real quick. I know. I know it's a bummer. We run out of time, but Mark Schlazner asks, what's your favorite piece of Nintendo merch you currently own and why? This is a bit of a show and tell piece, but I have mine ready and I don't know if it actually counts, but I'm going to show it right now. Let's see if I can get it zoomed in here. 
Is that a DuckTales pin? It doesn't. It doesn't focus. Oh, there it focuses. Oh yeah, that's Ooh. awesome. Does this? It is. It is a kind of a three dimensional pin because it's actually two enamel pins on top of each other. But this is a based on the DuckTales for the original NES. So, like I said, I don't know if it counts. This is a um, Disney pin. Every year, Disney puts out uh, four pins for its like D twenty three celebration that it has and one year this was one of them and i saw it and i became completely obsessed with it and i would never shut up about it as is the case with a lot of things that i get obsessed about and then on christmas morning i had this tiny little box from my wife and i opened it up and inside was this one of 300 uh disney ducktales pin and i love it not only because my wife got it for me, but also because it just ticks off so many boxes of things that I like. It's retro video games. It's enamel pins. It's Disney. It's DuckTales, which is legitimately one of my favorite games of all time. So this right here, that is my answer to your question, Mark Schlazner. Forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong. Uh, Brian, would you like to show us what you have, please? Sure. Uh, just within direct reach of me, uh, one of my favorite things <laughs> is... That was the, a question. Uh, oh, Legends yeah. of the Game & Watch that I got um, in a now-closed retro video game store in Brussels when I was shooting Fast Travel. Yeah. It's in pretty much perfect condition. Wow. Um, some kid wrote his name on the box, so I didn't what get that. jerk. I know, right? No, but I actually love that stuff. And then I have, a, I have this, which nice. is a pixel art Mario pillow, which I believe was a Club Nintendo Japan yes, exclusive. Yeah. And so wow. I, I ordered this off eBay ages ago, and it's great. It's just been sitting in the back of my shop for very a while cool. Now, so that rules. Yeah, Kat, do you have any collectibles you'd like to to show us? I made art. Ooh. So this is a Pokemon. <gasps> that is oh, so cool. Upside down. I'm doing it. I'm doing the right thing. It's Pokemon. <laughs> uh, the Pokemon Green box, and then I, you can kind of see them. I uh, did the Pokemon League. Pokemon Players League in packs back in 2014, and I bought all of these people who had made their own gyms. So I got pins for all of them, and they're really cool pins. Yeah. I really like them. And so when I and I completed the league, I beat the the champion and everything. I felt great. That was the last time I truly loved Pokemon. I have oh. to say, and <laughs> I was compelled to make um, this cool little uh, piece of art. Yeah, that is so cool. Commemorate awesome. my victory. That's so. excellent. Yeah. Wow. Well, Perry, you gotta you gotta follow that. <laughs> I got Sorry. I got a little little Mario hat on the shelf behind you. I really like that one. Um, it's from the actual Mario. It's the yeah. I had to I had to <laughs> wrestle him to get that one. No, I think uh, I have, I have a lot of like pins and tchotchkes and things, but I think my favorite. Um, Stuff is the the other stands from Rose Colored Gaming, like the, my my. Oh, they're so good! Edition. Yes. So that's obviously my 2DS on here, and they Rose Colored makes a custom stand like this for yeah. it. And they did a they did a couple. They did one for the um, uh, you know they they do some for the Pro Controllers where they yep. theme them like the Monster Hunter one. They do a matching design for it. Um, they do a whole bunch. Um. The, they did one for the Zelda collectible Joy-Con, mm -hmm. um, you know, a little diorama with with them on there. So I, I I love those. Yeah, 
They're uh, they're based out of Cleveland. My friend Terrence is a big fan. He's always sending me pictures like, oh, look what I just got from yeah. Rose Color. It's, yeah. it's just a really cool way to display the um, the items. And some are very simple. Like you, there's yeah. like a Metroid DS display stand and stuff. They're just kind of colored. And some have like a Master Sword sticking out. They're really neat. Yeah, that uh, that Hylian Shield one is one of my favorite ones. And I kind of regret that I sold my 2DS. Not because I miss it, but because it's doubled in value since I sold it. So... Yeah, that's about so a, if you cool. have the box with that, that's about $500 on eBay right now. So, what? yeah, yeah, everything, everything that I sold last year is now twice as much that, uh, the Game Boy, or excuse me, the, the 3DS Metroid, which name is for, I'm forgetting those, that Amiibo set is like a hundred dollars now. It might even be $200 wow. now. Stupid. Don't sell anything, kids. Seriously, if anybody has any Game Boy micro micro faceplates, they don't want Good luck. Them. Like, it's seriously crazy. Like, some of that stuff costs so much now. Yeah, that's why I'm selling off my collection because I want to buy a new bigger TV. So and then hey, you're gonna be said, sad in ten years. No, I will. Someone, someone in the in the in the in the Facebook group asked, or maybe it was on um, Twitter. It doesn't matter. They asked, like, will you regret this? And I said, if if I do, it's only because I sold it before it peaked in value. That's like the only time I regret. I've never missed anything that I sold. So yeah, I I like the sense. money that I get from them more. I want your superpower. I miss a lot of things <laughs> that I end up selling. When I was 12 years old, I sold my Nintendo, and I still think about that a lot. Yeah, I I gave my my Super Nintendo away with all the games to my friend because his daughter was like seven and she wanted it, and I should have just gone like, "Sorry, kid," taking it taking it back. But that's okay. S selling that's off the entire existence of a console, the entire library and the console itself to get the next one was a very yep. common thing for me for a very long oh, time. Yep, and. God, I hate it. I, I, I have so many regrets about that. There are like, there, there, like it's it's different now. I got rid of my PS4 Pro because I was just like, this doesn't do anything that my PS5 can't do. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so that, it's it's different now, obviously. But man, back in the day, back in the just day, getting getting like a dollar for some of the best NES games ever made just to get a Super Nintendo and then trading all those Super Nintendo games just to get an N64. I bought four controllers on day one for the N64. Because it could, because I could, and it didn't have any four-player <laughs> games. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Bummer. You'd go in a game spot, and they'd say, "We literally don't want this. We'll, we'll give you ten cents for it. I'll take the ten cents. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't want it." Oh man. oh man. Well, on that bummer of a note, that is all the time we have for this week's Nintendo Voice Chat. Please follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast and submit your question block questions on the NVC Facebook group. We will get to one of them at least per week. Thank you, Brian, for coming back on and talk about Zelda and Kirby and all the fun stuff. Uh, thank you, Red, on the ones and the twos. And most of all, thank to you for hanging out with us. Because remember, NVC is the only place where you can get the, get the thing. thing. In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real, it's intimate, and it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down, no filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate 
with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Repin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Repin wherever you get your podcasts.